you know, sometimes I try to come up with fancy ways to start these shows, things that'll make you want to listen past the opener. I'm not going to try anything. Today, you're about to hear from a man who was dead for 10 minutes. Spoiler alert, he made it. We'll talk to him next. Tim Campbell, next on Purpose Under Pressure. Hello, friends, and welcome to Purpose Under Pressure. We are sharing stories of purpose and the storms that can rise in the business world and the personal world and kind of knock you off of yours. Purpose Under Pressure is brought to you by the Ruby Group Sandler Sales Training in Akron, serving business and sales leaders across Ohio and in Florida with sales and leadership training. We'll talk more about Florida here in a second. I am Brian Leffelock. I'm glad you're here. Let's turn up the pressure. Now, purpose is solid. Purpose shouldn't change, but sometimes it can be augmented can it by the pressure. We don't always have to shrink from the pressure. We can overcome, we can live through it, we can beat it, and the purpose can actually grow. And that's what we want to talk about today. Our guest today is an inspiration. He really is and has been uh, for many years. He's going to tell us a story about some pressures and some purpose and how it continues to help him change others uh, as he walks through this life. Our guest today, Tim Campbell, owner and sales and marketing director at Dearman Moving and Storage. Also a business development coach with Build a Legacy. He's a podcaster too, and maybe we'll get into that as well. Tim Campbell, welcome to Purpose Under Pressure. Well, thank you, Brian. Look, look forward to this. I'm glad you're here. I mentioned Florida before. You are coming to us from sunny Florida. Doggone it. Yeah, yeah. We left just in time. I if guess I could show you a picture yesterday. of outside right now, it would not be sunny. It might be a little light, but it's because of the glare off the snow. So yeah, yeah. We, we gave our kids a challenge yesterday to walk out and, and run your feet. We had ours in the water and yeah. we told them to put their feet, bare feet in the snow. Nice, nice. That was, that was, I'm sure they loved that. <laughs> well, we love it here and we love uh, the opportunity to talk even regardless of where you might be. Uh, and, and although my pressure is a little stronger here, uh, you're enjoying the, the sun there. So that's really cool. Tim, I want to talk uh, real quickly. Tell us a little bit about your purpose and the purpose even of deer and moving and storage. And we're going to get into some serious pressures that have hit you along the way, but talk to me a little bit about who you are and what you stand for. Same with the company. I'm interested. Okay. Well, my purpose is really about uh, raising the bar. You know, you know, I love personal development. I'm always growing, always learning. And I also want to pass that down to uh, people I coach, people I work with, our team, uh, but I love sharing ideas and, um, best practices. I love talking with other businesses. I love talking to other moving and storage companies. I'm really good friends with, you know, even a local competitor. Uh, and we get together and talk. And it's like, I think that uh, if we can raise the bar for all of us in, in, in our growth and how we do things, it's a better experience for the customers. It's a better experience for our teams and our employees. Uh, and it just makes, you know, it, it, all boats rise. I, I believe in that philosophy, you know, that, you know, rising tide rises all boats and it makes us all uh, competition's good. So I like that. And I like being challenged. I like uh, challenging other people. But I also just love the idea of of coming alongside everybody. Competition doesn't scare me. I think that's a good thing. And if I've got ideas that can help another business succeed, well, even if it's a competitor, um, that's that's good for us all. And so how does Dearman Moving and Storage help others to improve? If your purpose is for you to impact people, how does Dearman Moving and Storage help the competitors, help the uh, your customers? How, do, how does it help people grow? Well, uh, one of the things our business has really embraced technology over the years. You know, we are really just always like, how can we leverage technology to give our customers a better experience, to make the moving process easier and things like that? So, uh, and we kind of have a, a, a name, uh, 
being known for that. And we work with some of the vendors that are like saying, I've never seen companies your size, especially doing and embracing technology the way you're doing it. And as we do, when we start working with some of these vendors, they're all the time saying, okay, I've got this other moving and storage company. Do you mind talking to them and kind of sharing some of your ideas? And mm. so the, the call might start around that, that software or that product. But as we're talking to that other that other business and there's like, wait a second, step back. You said you do what, or, or you do things this way. And it's like, it always evolves. And it's like, oh yeah, you know, payroll this way or because, wow, that's really unique. I've never heard of anybody doing it that way. So we always think outside the box and share those ideas with other people. And uh, we have some great uh, coaching calls with them. It's just something we love to do. And, and uh, so my team does it, you know, I, I teach, taught them how to do it. So not only do I do it, but we're always time helping other moving companies and companies through that. So playing devil's advocate, though, that costs money. I mean, those kinds of technology advances and doing things different. Don't we just throw stuff in a truck and roll and, and drop it off at the door and go? I mean, that's more profitable. How do you answer that? Well, yeah, it's more profitable, but it, you have a lot more mistakes. It was like there's a lot of moving companies that for the longest time still out there even using paper and pencil. Hmm. And it's like I've, we've tried to create a process where our customers come in on one side as lead ends. And throughout that process and all the interactions, and, and we go from a, a sales lead to an appointment and an estimate to a booked move. And then uh, it's handed over to operations and the crew goes out there and does it. And then from there, it goes over to finance and billing. And our industry was terrible up in the past. And it's like, okay, we had a system for sales and we had a system for operations. And we had a system for finance and things like that. And we're always jumping in and out of systems. And it's like, okay, what if we could build a system and work with vendors to create a system? The customer comes in over here and they go straight through. And they come out the other end and it's just one system. So I worked with a lot of vendors to do that. And you don't have, so we used to be like 30 or 40% paper, paper, uh, uh, paper, paperless. Now we're 95% paperless. Paperless. So, wow. so, uh, so we've eliminated all the folders and file folders. Everything's digital now. So it increases productivity. It increases efficiencies, increases, increases communication and, and the customer experience. Cause when they tell us something over here in sales world, it passes through to operations and it passes through to finance and all those notes and interactions are captured. So it just makes it a, a, a seamless process. So yes, it costs some money, but you know, we've grown quite a bit over the last few years, you know, we've grown 30 or 40% two of the, uh, two of the last three years. Uh, and we haven't had to add administrative costs because we're, we're a lot more efficient in-house. You know, we don't have, uh, we've reduced our, our paperwork uh, costs and things like that. So that's a, some savings there. So it's allowed us to be more competitive that way. Yeah. And so all those opportunities to improve the business so that you can have a better customer experience to grow the business further is all based on purpose. And I'm interested then in the pressures that come. I know that you've been through uh, some things that have tried to knock you off of yours a little bit. And uh, I'd like to talk a little bit about that because I think it informs the answer to my question, which was, why do that at all? And it's because you're a fighter and you want great things out of yourself right. and out of your company. And, and I'm interested. Let's talk about pressures that have hit you, Tim. So I've I'd always felt this way that like to, to be a leader and take the business to a different place. And it, um, I just, I always struggled to get there. Uh, and in 2012, you know, a lot of people know that I had a major um, life event happen. I actually died in the warehouse, was dead for about 10 minutes, went into a fatal heart rhythm called V-Fib. And uh, most, people don't, re most people don't return from that. Wait a sec. You died for 10 minutes. I want to make sure people heard that. Yes, I was in our warehouse. I collapsed. I was without uh, no pulse, no breathing for 10 minutes. I was in a fatal heart rhythm. A couple of Girl Scout moms did uh, 
CPR on me, but they didn't do the breasts. They just did compressions. But uh, even the squad came, and when they when they recognized what uh, heart rhythm I was in, uh, they, they said, we've never brought anybody back from where he was. Uh, and doctors and everybody, said, nobody's come back from where he was. Very, very nobody. few people survived what, what I went through. The, there's 3 to 7% survive what I went through, even if it happens in a hospital. And that 3 to 7% that do survive, it decreases by uh, 10% each minute that you're in that fatal heart rhythm. And you were there so for I, 10 minutes. That's right. So 10 minutes, it means I was basically at a 0% chance of survival. You're a walking and, uh, miracle. Walking miracle. And But I realized going through that, I came out of that. And at that time, everything in the business ran through me. All the decisions, all the direction, all the leadership, just, just nothing was getting made. And we didn't have a good system where the right people in the right seats, we didn't have good processes. Uh, and I realized that had I died, the business probably would have died with me uh, because I, it was so heavily laden on me. And it's like, that's got to change. And I tried to change it before, but didn't just couldn't get there. And so that really propelled me on a journey the next several years to really look hard at changing things. So I'm interested. Why weren't you able to get there? And what was it that allowed you to get there next? Because we've all gone through, hey, New Year's, we just had it, right? And I'm going to do more sit-ups and I'm going to do more push-ups and I'm going to get healthy and here's February and I'm not. You couldn't get it done. You died. You came back to life. And now all of a sudden you're able to get it done. What changed? So there was a, I'm an avid learner, an avid reader. I read a lot of, read a lot of business books and and, uh, it's great sales books, marketing books and things like that. And there was little parts of it, but I couldn't find anything that really could help me do it all. And every time I would come up with an idea that the team would say, okay, here's another one of Tim's greatest ideas. You know, it's like, we'll, we'll do this for a while. But I was great at casting vision. I was, it was getting the, the, the flywheel turning or getting the traction to get things going, you know, with the idea. Uh, and then uh, about five, six years ago, I read a book called Traction um, and read that, started that book at like eight o'clock at night or nine o'clock at night and read it all the way through. And I said, this is how we need to run our business. It's run on people and processes and some tools. And it just gave me a great uh, structure to build it on. And I reached out to a coach. I reached out to them. They connected me to a coach uh, that next day, connected with him. We've been working with him about five years now mm-hmm. and he was able to implement these processes. And I was too often trying to self-implement and not r- realizing the benefit of having a coach uh, and, and coming alongside somebody. It's like encouraging, helping you challenging you and the things that you already know to raise the bar a little bit and, and you can get this done. So uh, he was a huge help uh, and uh, it's just been a, a great thing to help implement what we were doing. And that is part of the EOS strategy and the EOS platform and getting things done that way. And I'm, I'm interested in, in the five years between. So, so I think I heard you say it was like five years ago, six years ago, and, right. and yet the life-changing event was 2010 or 12, I believe. So that was 10 years ago. Those four years in between, how how did the life changing event lead you up to where you were able to read that book and be changed by it? Something had to change Tim Campbell in the middle, right? My my heart changed drastically. I realized how much uh, most business owners we don't realize it, but we're the problem. <laughs> we're hmm. what's in the way. Uh, you know, we want to look and blame everything out here, but so there was a big heart work that was going on me, not just uh, my, my physical heart, but the heart work in me realizing I was a little bit too, too arrogant, too prideful, too stubborn. I was a real strong, uh, A or D personality, depending on which type of test. And it's like, I had to be a better listener. I had to learn to listen. I had to learn to 
invite people in and their ideas, even though they're different than mine, uh, they still, they still have value. And I couldn't be, you know, this elephant that just trampled over bodies. And, and I had to embrace hearing from my team. Uh, and I had to get out of the way. So that was a lot of it myself. Yeah. And was it the book that taught you that, or was it just coming back from that, that said something has to change in some, what was that defining thing that you realized, you know, I'm thinking of the Grinch when his heart grew <laughs> yeah. 10, 10, like, what was that thing that said, look, I, I need to fix this. That, that was really the event and my faith that really changed through that, yeah. that led up to the book. So, uh, those were the major things. God was just kind of doing a work in me and it's like, okay, you got a wake up call. You get a chance to do it again. Most people don't get a, another chance. Now, are you going to, how are you going to do it differently? There it is. There it is. You had a chance yeah. to change that no one else has. I right. mean, no literally, statistically, yeah. no one gets a chance to change. You took it and you acted on it. Did it scare you in those five years in between that maybe you hadn't lived up to the opportunity because it took a few years to get there? No, I was, I mean, there was a lot of growth in there. The business, I mean, the business was growing. But then that traction was the next big piece. We were we were making some progress, and we were we were doing some of the really neat things and good things. Okay. Uh, but the traction was just the thing that I realized. You know, it's like, and again, pride gets in the way. And my old my old self, it's like reaching out to outside help. You know, that makes it makes it sound. I felt like I was broken, but there's nothing wrong with reaching out and getting coached. And there's you don't have to repeat. You know, reinvent the wheel. Some of these processes and people, it's like they can help you do this. And it's like you don't have to solve this problem yourself. What, was your, what were your employees like? They 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 thought everything you were doing before that was a cram down, and then uh, uh, and and now they're starting to realize like what what's the change that they've seen in you, and and did they fight back at first, or did you have to win them over? Uh, any uh, any time you're a visionary, you always get pushed back because vi- visionaries are always stretching the envelope. They're taking people out of co- known and comfortable to unknown and uncomfortable. So yes, there was pushback and we've had a lot of those throughout the process, but uh, they've been, what, because of my approach changed, it wasn't like shove it down your throat. We talked through it. This is what we're going to do. We invited the team into these changes and it's made a huge difference versus, well, Tim's doing it this way now. So we just need to, there was a lot more pushback before than now. So yeah. Um, but that, that's just the nature of vision and, and leadership. Say on the rule, only decision makers can get other people to make decisions. Each and every day, we have a decision to make. Also, when we're with buyers in our sales process, we have a decision to make how we're going to lead that interaction. And if I'm somebody that can make daily commitments and keep those daily commitments, then when I'm with buyers, I expect them to make commitments and keep those commitments to me throughout that sales process. So first and foremost, I have to have a decided heart in order to lead other people to make the decisions that I'm expecting them to make. And so did your purpose change? I'm wondering what your purpose, if you'd ask, if I was asked the Tim Campbell 10 years ago, what was your purpose? And then the heart event happens. Uh, and now what is your purpose? Did it yeah, change think, at all or did you just the landscape grow for you? I think it changed a lot. I think um, my motivation and stuff, I was really probably more money driven, you know, business, uh, you know, that, that came first. Uh, not that way at all anymore. You know, money's such a, you know, had I died that day, my bank account didn't matter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's like, uh, I'm very relational now. I, I spent a lot of time talking, meeting with people. Um, didn't do a lot of that before I did. I was too busy all the time. I was, I was busy. And I didn't have time. People would walk in my office like, 
I'm busy, you know, it's like, but now it's like, I do a lot of talking, a lot of connecting, a lot of things outside the office. My, my kids and my family, caring kids are important. Um, taking those opportunities to, to come alongside them, talk with them, listen to them, hear their ideas. Cause again, it's, it's, it's going to be multiple generations beyond me. And it's like, I don't have things figured out. It's like, I, I get, I get parts of it. Yeah. And what would you say to folks that are trying to do those things and, and human nature just still takes over? I'm not going to eat that donut. I'm not going to eat that donut. I'm not going to eat that donut. And then they eat the donut. Like, uh, you, you know, you had to deal with that, but yet you've changed. You've been able to change your life. Yeah. Uh, I don't beat myself up. Uh, it's like, we all have setbacks. We all have, you know, we ate the donut. We didn't work out. It's, <laughs> it's uh, you know, it's the third week in January and we've all quit the gym already. And, yeah. and uh, so it's like, okay, find what you like to do. And don't focus on the things that maybe are, are wrong or not to do, but find what you like to do and just do them well. And, you know, if I, I fill your, I fill my time with things that bring me joy, that bring me peace, that bring me contentment. And then the things that distract me from that, they, they don't have as much time to have influence. So if, if, like meeting with people is something I like to do. And that brings me joy. And I hear great ideas. And I always come away from things. I'm always even learning things like even talking with you all. I pick things up from you. You and I talked the other day. And it's like, uh, those things give me life and we beat ourselves up and, and take life, you know, take life away on how we beat our, we're critical of ourselves. We're harmful of ourselves. It's like, celebrate what you're doing. Well, celebrate the good things about yourself and, and, uh, uh, don't, don't let the, your, your mistakes and failures beat you up. So here's a, an interesting question. And, and a lot of times and this show is about, it's a business show about mm-hmm. purpose. It's a personal show about purpose, but it affects business. If the business were gone tomorrow, let's say the tax man showed up, closed the doors. Yep. How would that affect you, Tim? In 2012, that would have devastated me. My whole identity was in the business. Today, it's like, it, next, next, next opportunity. What's, 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 what's going to happen next? And it's like, again, so when you shift from, mm-hmm. it's like my whole identity was in that, the, my finances, everything was in that. And now it's like, I just realized it's like, I'm just, I could go, I could go work so many places and there's so many opportunities. And it's like, and I know so many people. It's like, who knows? It's like there, something great would come out of it. And that wouldn't, it wouldn't be bad at all. Something's coming good. So when, when COVID happened and COVID was a real big shock to everybody, no one knew what was going to happen next. Right. That was like the biggest, hardest part, other than all the sickness and the death and all the things that were coming. No one knew what the future held. How did that affect you? How did your uh, newly kind of augmented purpose help to steer Dearman through some of that. Right. So we were, you know, we've been coaching with somebody for a couple of years at this point and feel like we're just starting to get traction and starting to make the, make some great ground. And this is like, it's starting to work and we're hitting our targets and our goals. And, and uh, so then the March of 2020 comes and it's like, everything just comes to a standstill. Yeah. And you know, it freaks everybody out. Everybody was no like, one okay, was moving. Nobody. Well, at first you weren't even allowed out your door. <laughs> for, so, you know, we were seeing increases and increases. And then that second quarter, we saw a 40% decrease. Wow. And so, but so the, so my approach was, well, how can we look at this thing different? My old approach is like fear, fear driven and panic. And it's like, okay. And it's like, I've read some books and some of the things I've learned during times of contraction, the successful people and the business leaders, those are the ones that say, we're going to grow when everybody else is contracting. So we looked at, we rebranded our Moby stores and we said, okay, we're going to be really aggressive on our marketing and we're going to really, we were already kind of ahead of the curve on technology. So this was an area we were already doing things online and, and gotten away from paper and we, we didn't need to serve or anything. All of our software is portal based. So if you have a phone or an internet connection, 
you can access the business and the, the, the sales stuff and the, and the quick end and or the QuickBooks and all that stuff is portal based. So we didn't need a server. So when when we had people that were not working at the office, we had we had a virtual phone system already in place before that. So yeah. so that was already so it was not that made it easy to adapt for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we just focused on growth and then going in. So. Uh, going into the third quarter of 2020 and they started opening things up and moving was an essential business and the housing market just started going crazy yeah. uh, over the next two years. So we were positioned well with the Mobis and our rebranding and, and our growth strategies. So like, like I said, we grew 30, 40% for two or three years, two, two out of three years in a row. Uh, and it was just that thing prior to, instead of stepping back and, and fear driven, it's like, okay, we just need to cut everything and lay everybody off. I just, my approach was like, okay, how are we going to grow during this? How are we going to see this as an opportunity? And, and, and I'm not going to put words in your mouth. How much of that attitude came from your life-changing event? You had everything taken away from you and you just charged right through it and got it all back. How much of that Well, that, that, that was the thing. Even if, even if we did it all and we, and we lost it all, see? well, we tried. We tried. And it's like, okay, we, did, we gave it our best. And, and uh, you know, it's what you can do. So my, my pastor once asked me, he said, what could you do if you weren't afraid? If, if, you, if you could just be reckless. He said, if you're just mm-hmm. reckless, and that's the way I, I look at you. And I say, if, if po- folks are listening to this, try to watch this on YouTube, Tim, you don't know it. And you can't barely see your eyes. I can just see it in you. There's this, <laughs> there's this, I don't give a damn approach. Yeah. And I'm a smile on your face that says, I'm going to live this life to the fullest. And we're going to make this thing work. Uh, I'm interested in what's next because Dearman is at the top of their game. You've invested and you've done the right things and you've built this, uh, this, this great company that's a leader in its field. Um, what are the pressures that you're going to have to overcome in the future for Dearman Moving mm-hmm. Storage or for Tim Campbell? So the, the next pressure is transitioning from working in the business to being just an owner. Um, so really working on raising up a staff. My daughter's uh, taking over and getting into ownership. So me and my brother are stepping back to be more owners and kind of uh, running the business as owners and, and not doing anything the day to day. So I'm looking for opportunities outside of that. That's why I'm going to look into some business coaching. Um, we're, we've bought some property. We're going to do some long-term and short-term rentals, both in Ohio and in Florida. Uh, so kind of a new avenue there. And that came out of COVID. You know, we came down here and it's like, hey, there's some pretty good deals on some property down here. So we bought some of that and um, seen some growth that way. And, and it's like, but I, people is like, oh, you're retired. I will never retire. No, man. No, man. I, I love life. It's like retirement. This is retirement. Doing these kind of things. Yeah. Meeting with people. It's just a different different phase of life that I've entered. I've I would go, I would go crazy, um, not doing anything, playing golf and, and sitting on a beach all day. That would, that's not me. Yeah. Your, your, your enthusiasm is just catchy. I just feel good. Just talking to you. I just, I, I just know I'm going to ask an important question next. First of all, if anyone wanted to reach out to you and talk to you about business or about business coaching, uh, tell us a little bit about the podcast and also tell us how would people reach out to you and connect? So there's, there's two podcasts I'm kind of involved in. We started one for uh, Dearman. It's kind of separate of Dearman. It's called Moving in the Fast Lane. And this is, I just feel like this is where things are going again, embracing technology. And, and in today's world, people are moving, but they don't have time to do all the stuff to move. So we're trying to create a channel that, that helps them anywhere along the moving process, from listing their house, from advice from realtors, from mortgage companies, like how to get a mortgage and how to get the best mortgage. And, and then the moving part, you know, how to, how to hire a mover, get quotes, avoid getting scammed to buying a new house and researching a location. So we're starting some podcasts around that. Good. But business coaching is something I also really want to do. So I am creating a channel and just want to have, uh, you know, five to 10 minute videos that, uh, that 
give business um, tools and, and, and practices to help businesses succeed. And I want to create all these videos out there that they're free and they can use them and there's no charge for them. But if they want to reach out and want some executive coaching or one-on-one coaching or just can I, can I get a phone call with you and just talk a few minutes through something, I want to do that because I just I, I love people that are excited about their business. I, I have a passion for small business. Awesome. Uh, you know, you know, small businesses make up about ninety percent of our GDP. I think in our country, it's not, yeah. it's not the big company. Nope. It's people that it's me and you that that's right. Their family businesses. They're 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 really invested, not just financially, but their hearts are invested in their business. And it's like, and it's lonely at times. And I want to be this resource that can like I, I I like his stuff, and I want to I want to watch his stuff. I'm going to point to podcasts. I'm going to point to books. I'm going to point to other things that have helped me along the way. Um, and so that's kind of the next next step where I'm going to go. Final question, Tim, probably the most important question of the day. I guarantee you, almost 100% guarantee you, there's no one else listening right now that's been dead on the floor for 10 minutes. You already talked yeah. about the exponential problem with that. Uh, and so people haven't gone through what you've gone through, and yet they're going through hassles, and they're going through pressures, and they're going through change. What would you tell that person from your unique perspective um, as they're trying to get through this next hurdle in their life? Yeah. So. Uh, in the Bible, and I don't know how many times it is, but, but God says, fear not, hundreds of times. And fear is such, it has such power. I mean, even after I died and had my heart of that, for quite a few years after, I mean, I was I still feared death because, I mean, I had died. But it's like, why do you fear death? You kind of experience nobody else has. But I, I would get, you know, it's like, okay, a little anxiety. I feel a little heart pressure or I feel tension. It's like, okay, is this happening again? And living in fear paralyzes you and you know live live a life of faith live a life of hope live a life of promise and shut out the fear when when you start living in fear feeling the fear come on speak against it say you know i'm not, I'm not going to give that a voice i'm not going to give that power and i'm going to focus on something positive i'm going to focus on things that are that are moving me forward and not things in the past that have sucked me down so that would probably be the biggest thing because fear fear is a it paralyzes you and it it, it brings death you know it Folks, you're talking to someone who's been there and has done it and has uh, has paid the price and come back from it. And and, uh, and and you won't talk to someone else with the exact same story, I can almost guarantee. And I just, I hope that you'll reach out to Tim. I hope that you'll uh, have a chance to be infected by his optimism and his enthusiasm. And uh, I hope you'll have a chance to allow him to either affect you personally or your business. And I think he can. And uh, I think you should uh, let him. I want to thank you, uh, Tim, for being a part of our show and being a guest and sharing your story on Purpose Under Pressure. Thank you, Ryan. I appreciate it. This is awesome. Purpose Under Pressure is awesome. And it's so awesome to have these conversations with you. Folks, now you know why I do this. Man, I'm smiling from ear to ear right now just because of this story. I hope you are too. This show is brought to you by Sandler Sales Training by The Ruby Group. You can visit therubygroup.sandler.com. In this pressure-packed sales world, if you're trying to make revenue, make numbers, you know sometimes you throw that purpose out, don't. Sandler Training is going to help you uh, with that as well and shining the light on that purpose. So you can also check out brianmediastrategies.com. That's my website for more Purpose Under Pressure episodes or if you just want to talk to me about anything at all. Again, thank you so much, Tim Campbell, who is our guest today on Purpose Under Pressure from Deerman Moving and Storage. I'm Brian Lafalak. This is Purpose Under Pressure. We'll turn it up again next week. 